This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. on another episode of Vet Candy's podcast in Other News, a podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts. I'm Dr. Jen. And I'm Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you are not yet a Vet Candy subscriber, why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also reach me with complimentary messages at jen at myvetcandy.com. Don't worry, I can take the heat. Email me with everything else at jason at myvetcandy.com. Okay, news hounds in the candy verse today, we are talking about COVID-19 and policy. What? And, yeah, in other news, show me the money. Holy smokes, show me the money. Yeah, so um, it's pretty incredible to find out what happens in Washington, D.C. and how those policy decisions can one day to the next directly impact your daily life. Overnight, just like you said, and, and hugely impact almost everybody's daily life for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, especially something like the pandemic. What does that have to do with show me the money? Yeah, well, a lot of stuff, as it turns out, uh, employment, employment law, employment policies all come into play. But once again, once again, well, I can't speak for you, but I am absolutely not the expert on this. Oh, no, me either. So we're going to have to um, invite into the Candyverse one of our external species, one that we don't, <laughs> we don't like to have here very often, but we do love the ones that we get to bring in, right? Correct. Yeah, they can be some of the nastiest, most aggressive, ornery, yes. stubborn species. Yes, when they the, need to be. Sometimes they they're just informative. That's right. We get that today. That's right. The legal eagle. That's what we're bringing into the Candyverse today. And the legal eagle joining us is... Dum -da -dum, Mr. Eric Meyer, a partner in the employment practice group at Fisher Broyles. And I'm going to say attorney extraordinaire. Yeah. Hey, how thank about you. that? Thank you, Dr. Jen. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, 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 you know, fitting in with the theme today, you can refer to me as, you know, I'm a cold-blooded reptile, right? Oh, there you go. Wow. He's talking that. our language, people. And self-aware. Wow. Very good. <laughs> These are, these are already two characteristics that are rare. Jason, we're breathing rare air with yes, uh, Counselor Meyer today. <laughs> yeah, so Eric, we really do. We, I mean, we make fun of attorneys, but man, we lean on you guys for all kinds of stuff like this, policy related. And I think that a lot of folks are waking up to how things that happen in Washington, D.C. can have such a direct impact on their daily lives. I am learning that myself over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> drinking out of a fire hose. That's right. That's exactly That's right. Out of the fire hose. So I guess the kind of the biggest thing is like kind of set it up for us because I know I first started paying attention when the federal Congress started talking about aid packages and I wondered who are they going to aid because I don't know that they've ever aided anybody like me <laughs> and I'm not sure you know I pay my taxes and so I'm not sure what's going on with that what is going on with policy sure so as it relates to employment the biggest stimulus package that has passed uh, and become law in the past month is something called the Families First Coronavirus Response Act we'll call it the 
FFCRA or Families First, something short. But basically, well, what it's government it does, related, so we're ob it, obligated to use an acronym. A whole right? bunch of letters, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It was it yeah. was put together really quickly and it was well intentioned. These are not good characteristics for policy, mm -hmm. friends. <laughs> well, <laughs> well intentioned is okay. What's wrong with you? I have to give myself some wiggle room to uh, vent later on. And right. take pants, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, you know what road is paved with those good intentions, right? So, well, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, find yeah. that out probably six months from now. Yeah, but um. The two biggest things that your listeners probably be interested in if they are employees are the uh, sick leave provisions. There, there's one that permits employees to take sick leave, paid sick leave, up to two weeks of paid sick leave. And that is called the, the emergency paid sick leave provision, aptly, okay. aptly named. And then there's another provision that gets into something called a family medical leave, which some of your listeners may be familiar with is yes. if, if they're a larger employer. I mean, I know most of your listeners are probably smaller employers, but you have some larger yeah. ones out there. And we, we, we have this federal law that's existed for several years now uh -huh. called the Family and Medical Leave Act. Which, and that's called the FMLA, right? Correct. FMLA, right. Okay. And that usually applies to, that applies to employers with 50 or more employees. But this okay. new law that passed, um, it makes FMLA-type leave available to really any employer with less than 500 employees. So the big ones, the big employers wow. of the world, if you have 500 or more employees, you're not affected by anything paid sick leave related or FMLA okay. related in the FFCRA. But if so they're really targeting, like, so everything we're going to talk about today with that FFCRA, the Families First Corona Response Act, is mm -hmm. going to be like, targeting what the government deems to be smaller employers who may not provide traditionally provide on a routine basis paid sick leave and aren't obligated under like regular routine law to provide FMLA is that right I yeah I think that's the I think that's the rationale here okay um, the government assumed that bigger employers provide this type of leave already so there's no need for the government to step in plus okay. The government is actually subs not subsidizing. They're paying for all of this. So when an that's employee what, that's takes... That's what I think is interesting. So tell yeah. us about that. So when an employee takes paid sick leave, and you can take paid sick leave for any number of reasons, all of which relate to coronavirus. So for uh -huh. example, you were talking about a stay-at-home order. If you're subject to a stay-at-home order, you may be, not definitely, uh -huh. but you may be eligible for, for leave mm -hmm. if you are eligible for leave, you can get up to $511 per day and your employer pays that. And then what the employer does later on is it takes a credit on its taxes. So oh, the that's government right. will then reimburse the employer. So the government's paying for all of this. So the government, but they're, they're just letting you take that off next year's, like off your 2020 income tax as, a, as an employer, right? Like when you pay your is it income tax for the company that they're going to take it out of? Or like, w do they know? They do know. It's going to be a credit against the social security tax that okay. an employer would otherwise have to pay. So it's quarterly. Oh, it's quarterly. Right. And yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. So let's focus on that. We, 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 I think probably the best. It gets confusing really quick, right? Super yeah, confusing. Sure it does. Really quick. Uh, but can we let, maybe we can focus on the employee from employees and then we can talk yes. about employers. So, so employees, that. so I am a veterinary nurse, right? 
mm-hmm. and and, yep. I, and I got sick or I think I'm sick or I'm told to stay at home. How does that work now? So who's going to pay me? Do I get a normal check from my boss because I got sick or uh, because I might test positive because I have a fever? Who knows? But I'm saying it's because of coronavirus because and so my boss pays me and then the, and then and the government pays my boss. boss. Is that how that works? Precisely. So, so, yep. so nothing changes for me. Right. I no, just nothing my changes for and, you. And all the all the deductions are taken out of there and all the good stuff, right? So it makes it really easy for the employee ease, correct? Correct. Assuming that you've survived all of the fear of, you know, yeah. how we as as employers that maybe have less liquidity who mm-hmm. can't who are concerned about how we're gonna fund this up front. Right. right. Th- there, there was a lot of discussion about layoffs. So right. if you survived that, that did happen for sure. Right. Yeah. If you've survived that and you remain employed going forward and there's work available for yeah. you to perform and you can't perform it because of one of these reasons that's in the act, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you can take paid sick leave. And just like you said, Jason, it shows up in your paycheck, just like any other form of, of paid leave. And then the yeah. employer gets the uh, tax credit. So, so, so not to put, yeah, not, hold on. Sorry. Not to put you on the spot. Do you know what some of those reasons are? Like, sure. There could be a myriad them. of reasons, I'm sure, in this kind of crazy time, right? Yeah, there are six of them. Oh, not uh, too many. Pretty specific. Not too many. Great. Not too many. So, th- yes. so number one is because you're subject to a stay-at-home order. So federal, local, state, you're subject to a stay-at-home order. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, but that's basically number one. Someone number else says, two, don't come to work. The government says, the don't government come says, to work. Don't come to work. Okay. Number, number two is... A doctor says don't come to work. Number three yeah. is you're going to get a diagnosis. You're going to, um, you've got, you know, that cough, the the fever, you're going to get diagnosed. So during that time, you can get some paid sick leave. Okay. Number four okay. is you're caring for someone who's quarantined either by the government or by a doctor, right? Right. Like- Number five is the one that we were talking about before we started recording the podcast. That is... Mm-hmm. You know, if we have kids that are in school, all the schools are pretty much shut down. If your kid is at home and you can't, and you're home too, and you can't telework, but you have to take care of the kids, um, you can get some paid sick leave for that. There's one more reason there. That was five out of six, but I have to stop you there and give you, like, Eric, we have a rule here in the candy <laughs> verse. What is discussed before the podcast <laughs> stays before the podcast. Oh, <laughs> true. Right. You just never know. Right, right. No, right. I'm just, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but we should, t- I should tell everybody who's listening that uh, that kid one really hit home, both for Dr. Jason, as you yep. guys know, he's got a buttload of little kids at his house. He's got three, but then Eric trumped him because yep. he's got four, all between the ages of ten and six. So, do the math, folks. Yeah, do, do the math. The math. <laughs> That's right. That's and you, you can send his wife a sympathy email at, <laughs> to Jen at mybetcandy.com. But anyway, uh, I digress. Okay, so we've got five reasons. We need the last one. The sixth one is something that I get a lot of questions about. It'll never come up. It's the catch-all. It's the, you know, what didn't we think of? And right. here it is. If an employee is experiencing any other substantially similar conditions specified by the Secretary of Health and Human Services in consultation with the Secretary of Treasury and the Secretary of Labor, then you can take paid sick leave. What? Good, 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 good golly. <laughs> They're pretty much, pretty much said if you could get three cabinet leaders to agree on the criteria later, then you could put it in. You know what? It was passed so quickly. Yeah. I bet from a policy and a legislative standpoint, they had to get that in there to get it signed. Yeah. 
you know, Probably. to allow for something that doesn't fit in the box that they designed so quickly that you got it. And you know what? A lot of times good legislation, good policy, even like at, even like at an industry association level, it'll leave that because you can't predict everything. So you leave that out that says just in case some great person doesn't look like we thought they would when they arrive, we still want to be able to afford them that opportunity, right? So you got to leave that out leave that out available. So excellent. Okay, so those six reasons. So here's, here's what I thought was interesting about the way that they wrote that law. And what I think the press did not cover well, is that the reasons you just described, none of those sounded like, I'm afraid of getting the coronavirus. So I don't want to go to work tomorrow. That means I get paid sick leave, right? I'm self quarantining because I think I was maybe exposed at a party this weekend that I'm still recovering from. So I'm not going to go to work tomorrow. Right? That is correct. That is yeah. not in the law. No. And so your public health officer has to issue a quarantine or isolation order or your doctor has to say that you, and not your veterinarian, an RD, right? A real doctor, yeah. a physician. <laughs> to say that you got to stay home. <laughs> but what about those essential, uh, you know, because we're hearing that phrase a lot too, like people who are considered essential. And so, so for me, like when I had a, a veterinary practice, we ran on a very lean staff, which my staff was happy for because everybody got a portion of a bonus. And so, you know, I don't want to say, you know, it's like bank robbers that split it four ways or five ways or three ways, but the, but the profits were split and shared among employees. So the more employees you had, the smaller everybody's piece of the pie. So everyone was happy to be lean, except when someone got sick. Yeah. So I couldn't have opened my business if I had more than one or two people who said that they couldn't come to work. So how am I supposed to do that if I am fewer than, than 500 um, employees? But I, I just can't, can't uh, manage without people showing up. Well, I think there are two different issues there. So, so okay. one is really outside of your control. Because if, mm -hmm. if people don't show up because either they have coronavirus or they're caring for someone or even if they're afraid to come to work, I mean, those are really circumstances beyond your control sure. as the employer. Um, sure. The other issue is, well, what if you have trouble funding that? So if you're a small yeah. business that just doesn't have yep. the liquidity to mm -hmm. front the paid sick leave or mm -hmm. we haven't talked about the, the emergency FMLA that's available. Right. Um, what do you do? And there are some exceptions for okay. small businesses. Okay. Um, so basically it comes down to if you as a small business, if forcing you to provide this paid sick leave is going to jeopardize the business as that's what we lawyers refer to as a going concern, uh -huh. or maybe bankers refer to it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then there are certain steps you can take to effectively avoid paying the paid sick leave. Okay. Um, it's limited. It really only comes down to the situation in which an employee needs to take time off from work to care for a child that is home from school. That's okay. really the, the only limitation. But there are, in, certain, in that situation, there is an exemption for small businesses to avoid paying the paid sick Okay. And you use that word avoid. It's not that when I owned a practice, it wasn't that I would want to begrudge my employees that pay. It's just mm -hmm. that we, I couldn't afford to pay twice for the same 
position, right? Pay my employee who's homesick, but mm -hmm. then also pay someone to do that job while they're homesick. I just, I just wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah, um, a, tax credit or not. It's a cash flow issue. It's an immediate issue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. So that there, that is allowed. There is a way to do that. I have um, one question. One question. That's Maybe it? several questions. Are okay. all these reasons created equal? Like, am I going to get full pay, half pay? If you're an employee. They're not, yeah, as an they're employee. Not, they're not, they're not, they're not created not. equally. No. Right. So which okay. one should I choose? I mean, so which one should it be? <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, the ones where you're looking out for numero uno. Yes. You yourself. Right. I mean, I'm always looking out for that person. She, come on. Yep. How do you already know him so well, Eric? <laughs> well, you know, um, kindred spirits. Um, yeah, yeah. When you yourself are quarantined, either by the government or by a doctor, or you're going to get yourself checked out, you get 100% of your pay up to $511 per day. Wow. Right? Forever? Yeah. Or two weeks? Two uh, weeks, no, right? No, for two weeks. Two weeks. Two okay. weeks. All right, two. And, it's, it's, and is that it's after, after tax weeks, total? Is it the Ooh. after tax total or Good is that question. before tax total? That's before tax. Okay. All right. So government might take a third, but okay. Okay. So there's that. And then mm -hmm. if it's for any of the other reasons we discussed, so you're taking care of someone else, you're uh -huh. looking after your child. Yep. Oh, by the way, it's not just looking after a child whose school is closed. If, if someone has a daycare, if, you know, if your kids go to daycare oh, and the daycare yeah. is closed. If you're normal daycare, child care for whatever, whatever. Normal child care. Sharing, yeah. Right. It could be okay. your uncle who watches your children. Right. Like that counts. Uh -huh. You get two thirds of your pay up to a maximum of $200 per day. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to, well, that's better than nothing. That's for sure. Yeah. Better than nothing. So just, it's better than just, a kick in the pants. <laughs> you know, they didn't have to do that. So that's really good. That's right. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't realize they were not created equal. So, so the, so yeah. all the other ones are, are that way, correct? Just, just the one that you get full pay for two weeks is if you actually, you know, the doctor said you can't go to work or the government says you cannot leave your house or any of that. That's a, uh, someone else tells you, you can't go to work. Then, then you get your full pay uh, for two weeks up to $511 yeah. per day. Right. Okay. Right. That's a weird number to come up with. Which, you know, I get that. That's really, you know, I guess that's okay because, you know, if you're, you're sick, you know what I mean? Like you're at that point, it's you that's sick. Yeah. We, yeah, that's true. We sort of had some crickets there when he shot up the $200 per day. It was very different than the 511. So it, no, yeah, well, it is very good. Yeah. And that's also a lot different. I mean, we were talking earlier about what if you're scared to come to work? That's right. not in the law. Yes. Um, if you're scared right. to come to work, you may be able to resign and collect unemployment. And if you collect unemployment, you could be annualizing at, I don't know, fifty or $60,000 a year. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because do you, would you get, you, would you, how much of your regular salary would you get if you were doing that? Is it a determined? Oh, okay. it, it varies from state to state. It's based on how much you make and where you can cap out at. But okay. then the government's going to throw in an extra $600 per week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, is that so, because everyone's for, getting laid off? That's from the CARES Act. That's yeah. the third okay. piece of legislation that came in after this Families right. First Act. Ah. And one of the provisions of the CARES Act uh -huh. is that if you lose your job for, let's call it a coronavirus-related reason, okay. um, you not only get your state unemployment, but you also get $600 a week from the government for four months. So you're going to have folks who are making, you know, I mean, $1,300, $1,200 a week, yeah. maybe even more. That's, you know, compared to what you might have been making if you continue working. Like picture someone who works in a supermarket, for example, uh -huh. uh, which is an essential business right now. And, and you're making, I don't know, $10, $11, $12, $13 an hour. You're going to make wow. more on unemployment. Right. Right. 
Wow. You yeah, know, there, was some, there was some discussion about how that might lead to, uh, you know, going for unemployment. You just got to do the math. Right. But, uh, mm-hmm. Right. Had, had to get it passed quickly. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's never good to have like quickly passed or hastily constructed policy at any level. Right. At any level, because you just you just never know where the devil is in those details. Right. Yeah, And human nature. Let's see how I can take advantage of this. Yes, sure. yes, yes, yes. Hire, let's hire me a lawyer. Oh, no. So we're going to take a quick break, you know, so we could pay some bills during the <laughs> pandemic. No, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to get into that FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act provisions of that FCRA and we'll try not to use any more acronyms but it's hard with it's, with policy yeah it is yeah, yeah. they so, all seem so, to start with F huh. exactly they all have to start with that so uh so we'll see you guys on the other side we're gonna take a quick break get back with you That candy makes your life easier with scientific news, clinical updates, and expert lifestyle tips. Sign up for free at MyFatCandy.com and start making your life sweeter. Oh, sure. It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone. That's right. We're animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. news hounds so we're back and we're back here with uh eric meyer who i i'm starting to be very impressed and think that this lawyer really knows what's up with this coronavirus legislation that was passed um so we talked a little bit about uh, well a lot about the paid sick leave that was contained in the family's first coronavirus response act the f you got it very good nailed it came in week but you got it you got it that's right hashtag killing it okay (laughs) uh and uh, now i want to talk about the um the fmla component of that if you would eric can you tell us like describe a little bit about what what that means and what was in in this act for that sure so we talked about six reasons why you can get paid sick leave for two weeks one of those reasons overlaps and enables employees to take this expanded or emergency FMLA. And that's the one where you're caring for your child. If the school or place of care where your child is, has been closed or child care is uh, unavailable due to coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking leave because of that mm-hmm. and you've been, or you want to take leave because of that. And if you've been employed by your small employer, anything mm-hmm. less than 500 employees for 30 or more days, you can get up to 12 weeks of this expanded FMLA. Wow, that's three months. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good on paper, but yeah. and it's paid. I mean, at least the last 10 weeks of it is paid. So that's that's pretty good too. But again, you're not going to be able to retire on this. This is yeah. <laughs> two, th- you get paid two thirds of your regular rate of pay uh-huh. up to a maximum of $200 a day. So if you wow. think about it from start to end, Mm-hmm. If your first two weeks can overlap with that paid sick leave. So you can get okay. two weeks of paid sick leave at $200 mm-hmm. a day. You max out there. And mm-hmm. then for the rest, for the remaining 10 weeks, you get your expanded FMLA, $200 a day. So you can max out at $12,000 over 12 weeks. Wow. Wow. So, but the, the original FMLA didn't pay, right? It just kind of held your job. Is that correct? 
That is correct. Yeah, so it's a little, it's actually, it's an emergency, but it's actually expanded. It's, a, it's quite a bit different than the, than the original act in its entirety, right? Correct. This is the first time that any form of FMLA has been paid. Right. Now, yeah. under, under traditional FMLA, what a lot of employers do, or, and, and what a lot, a lot of employees elect to do because the law allows it, is if you have this bank of unused paid time off that's mm -hmm. just sitting there accrued but never used, you can run that at the same time as when you take your FMLA leave. So I don't want to call it a vacation because it's not, mm -hmm. but you're getting paid as if it's yeah. paid time I, off. And gotcha. then once that runs out, then the rest of the leave is unpaid. Right. And you can do similar to that here. Okay. Yeah. You can basically, at the very least, top off, so to yeah. speak, yeah. using your bank of paid time yeah. off. So it's just a bunch of ways the government's trying to help. They, they recognize the problem. They're doing what they can do to sort of mitigate, mitigate this. You know, That's a good legal word. I like that. Mitigate. Things being basically shut down. So. I watch a lot of Law and Order, Eric yeah. Meyer. Just so I can you know. attest to that. A, a, it's <laughs> First of all, it's unbelievable the amount of Law and Order that's actually on the television at all hours. It's even more unbelievable that Jennifer watches almost every bit of it. 456 episodes of the original Law and Order. It's unreal. It's, just, it's crazy. It happens just like that in real life 0% of the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're a big fan, huh? I see that. Oh, no. I mean, one thing has nothing to do with the other. But. Yeah. One's drama. One's real life. Yeah. Or it's a little bit more boring. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. So, okay. So this is incredible. I mean, so, so let's say, because we have a lot of veterinarians, obviously, who listen to our podcast, right, out there in the, in the candyverse. But we have other folks who we have other pet care professionals, right? We got dog walkers, groomers, kennel workers, dog sitters, doggy daycare employees and operators. It takes a village. It, it takes a village to take care of that pet, I tell That's you what. Right. And so we kind of consider them all part of the care team for pets. And animals, I mean, for heaven's sakes, we have zookeepers who listen. So can any of these people, any of these folks can take advantage of this act or the, these two provisions for either paid sick leave or paid FMLA during the pandemic? Is that, is that right? Yeah, effectively you can, although it's a bit strange. So if you're, if I think of the gig economy. If you're a sole proprietor, I mean, technically right. you can take advantage of these. You're kind of paying yourself mm -hmm. the paid sick leave, for example, but really where it comes back is you'll get it in the form of tax credits. Right. Um, not, excuse me, not actually not tax credits. You may get it that one. You may get on your income on your, um, income when you file tax. your income taxes. Yeah. Right. Instead of that 15% or whatever for the social security and the, and un not unemployment, but the FICA and all of that. That's where that would come in. You would yeah, get you a would chew, I that. think you'd chew up at the end of the year in April. Yeah. yeah. Or July or whatever, whatever we're going to yeah. file now. But again, you have to be able to float it well, right now. I, right. Again, I mean, if it's just yourself. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're, it's your business yeah. anyway. So uh, right. maybe right. It's, it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other. But there is, the government will subsidize at mm -hmm. the end of the day. They'll, okay. they'll pay for the paid sick leave. Interesting. And I think we're, we touch a little bit on that other bill that just passed that like the gun went off on Friday for the pay, Paycheck Protection Act or program, PPP. And that's the one I think you're, that's what the, the sole proprietors who have themselves and maybe one other employee or something like that, they might. Cause you a little can, bigger than that. A little yeah. bigger than that, maybe. Yeah. But they, uh, they could you know, take advantage of that if they, if they needed some liquid stuff. That's right. That's where the government is going to come in and essentially pay your payroll right. for yeah. eight weeks. 
as long as you keep your your head count, your employee head count, your salary level relatively constant. Yeah, these are loans that you take from the government. And at first they were talking about a 4% interest rate. Then it right. went down to half. half a percent. I think it's. I think it ended up at 1%. It ended up um, at 1%, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's it's forgivable. Uh, at least, you know, some of it is. Yeah. So you know, you know what that's uh, called? You I know, know what that's, that's called? called. What? Free. Free money. Yeah. Show me the money. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy. If, if you just sit and think about it, that is crazy. crazy. Regardless of whether you argue that's right or wrong, that is crazy that that's actually going, you know, in, yeah. into effect and probably going to be a lot of loopholes in, in that whole, what is it, 200 pages, 198 pages? I don't have any idea how long that thing is. It was 880 pages. See, I wasn't even out. close. I only got through <laughs> the introduction and I was like, it's enough of this. Yes. Right? So I just go talk to a lawyer. So anyways, yeah. Uh, good, good policies. Like good that, policies. No, good policy. Yeah. But, um, okay, so here's, so here's my next question since we do have you here, Eric, is um, – yep. And we're going to play a little game when we get to the end here. So both of you guys prepare yourselves. For Jason, he knows I always like to throw a game at our guest. I suspect you're already prepared for it though, Eric. So what if I'm an employee and my boss is saying you can't have that sick leave? I don't think it says that you better show up for work or you're fired. What do I do? Well, that would be a good time to contact. You could contact a lawyer. Another, you another could, lawyer. You could contact another lawyer. You could okay. contact the U.S. Department of Labor. Okay. Um, those would be the first two places. I don't uh -huh. know in what order I would okay. I would uh, consider reaching out to because well the Department of Labor may be a little bit inundated right now, but a you lawyer yeah. a little bit <laughs> a little bit. But I know, you know, many lawyers that practice on the employee rights side yeah. and they're starting to get these calls. I would, calls I, would like imagine, I would imagine because remember, it's a cash flow issue, right? So mm -hmm. if I'm a small business, I don't have people coming to my business, but now my employee is taking off and saying, the government's saying, I, I get to do that and you still got to pay me. It's right. not a matter of, I love you, Tom. Uh, I, just, I just have no money to pay you, right? It's just uh, mm -hmm. interesting. So I would have to contact the lawyer for sure. I wouldn't have any idea yeah. what to do on either side of that. I was going to say, and then, or the employee. Yeah. And then that, then my, that would be my next question, Eric is like, what if I am an employer and employees are, are telling me, Hey, I'm going to the doctor this afternoon because I have this dry cough and I think they're going to say I have Corona. So I'm going to start sick leave and I want to make sure that you're going to pay me or they call me and say, the doctor said I have to stay home, but they can't produce a doctor's note. Can I require a doctor's note as an employer? Like, what does that even look like? Like, where's the line for me? And I, everyone, we should say, these are hypotheticals. This is not intended to provide any legal advice. You should never take legal advice from a podcast. <laughs> but... <laughs> Right. But contact an attorney or watch some law and order on TV. But anyway, contact an attorney if you need legal advice. But these are hypotheticals so we can talk about the application of the policy. Is that enough of a disclaimer there, counselor? You've done this once or twice before. <laughs> okay. So back to my employer situation where I have an employee who says something like, I'm scared I'm going to get corona if I come to work. The doctor said I have to stay home. No, I don't have a note from the doctor. So what am I to do in that situation? Fortunately, as an employer, the way the Families First Coronavirus Response Act has been teed up and, and interpreted by the Department of Labor and the Internal Revenue Service, there really isn't much in the way of documentation that an employer needs to get from an employee in order to get those tax credits. Oh, so, wow. So, for example, 
Jen, you were talking about someone who says, I'm going to the doctor because I want to get checked out for coronavirus. Uh-huh. Really, all you need is the employee's name and the name of the doctor. That's it. Oh. And, and the dates. And the dates. That's and it's, a, it. it's not like a, a privacy invasion to ask for the name of the physician or anything like that of my employee? The name of the physician? No. No. Okay. Um, that's what the IRS has said you need to do to document your file in order to okay. get those tax credits in that particular situation. Like yeah. If you're quarantined, like you have a stay-at-home mm-hmm. order, mm-hmm. all you have to do as the employee is write out your name, the dates you're <laughs> going to be missing, and mm-hmm. the name of the government entity that uh, issued the stay-at-home order. So state of wow. New Jersey, state of Florida, yeah. state of California. That's yeah. it. And then your employer then gets, as the employer, you just, if that could be an email, that could be a form, you have that on file. Uh-huh. So then at some point, if the IRS ever audits you for getting you those tax credits, that. you just produce the form. You don't need a doctor's wow. note. Huh. Um, wow. That is incredible. Not a lot of documentation for, for government money. Huh. I know. Can we, yeah. can we say fraud is going to happen? Do you think oh. there might be some fraud? There could be some fraud. I think you're going to see more fraud with the CARES Act. People yeah. Try, you know, business is trying to get those loans. Yeah, because that's actually just money. Like that's actually, you know, cash, almost yeah. cash in hand. Yeah, that's incredible. That's yeah, but I mean, the, the reality here is doctors and health systems are so inundated that to add that extra burden to give someone a doctor's note to right. say that they came to see me, I mean, it, it, it's just a waste of resources. Yeah, well, and likely that's going to be fraudulently created by people who are dishonest as well. Right. You know, you, so how yeah, legit say people, be? stop writing notes. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, what's great, though, is that it doesn't put the employee in a bad spot. It doesn't make the employer the middleman who has to be demanding it. Right. Like middle management always gets squeezed between government and employee. There's the employer. Right. And so so that's um, incredibly helpful. So, yeah. So, Jason, did you have any other burning questions for our legal eagle? All of my questions are burning. OK, so uh, but no, I don't have any. This is um. It's an interesting time in the world, so it's good to have some clarification on some of these things. Yeah, I always think it's good to have clarification, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially on that. So, all right, so are you guys ready for a game? Probably not. Sure. Nope, sorry. I mean, sure. Yes, absolutely. Let's play a game. Okay, okay so I am going to – here's – My answer I'm, is four. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna, surely? Okay. No, no. So yeah. how about this? I'm going to ask Jason. Of course. Some legalese questions, okay? And then, Eric, you're going to be the judge, right? Because, I mean, you're the closest one we have on the podcast right now to getting robes anyway, right? Because you're an attorney. All right. So, mm-hmm. this um, is there's a private chat function, Eric. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no private chats, no texting. Um, so, Absolutely not. That's right. So Eric's going to say if you're right or wrong. Okay. And all right. So here comes. No, I'm I'm not typing. Go ahead. Here. Okay. I like, I was like wondering if you were typing right there. Okay. Here we go. So the first one, Jason is, is called, it's Latin, of course, nolo contendere or can, can I say it right? I have to say it right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you have to say it right. Otherwise, how can I be held accountable for your mispronunciation? That's right. So, Eric, how, did I say that right? No lo contender, no lo contendre. I don't think I've heard that term since uh, since law school, but uh, <laughs> yeah. or, or last night's Law and Order, right? Or like or like every other episode of Law and Order. That's right. I think you know what I think in like in legalese, I think they just call it a no lo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have no idea. I'm gonna go with no contest. Oh, did you Google that? I did not Google it. 
<laughs> What's wrong with you? I watched Law and Order just like you. Is that right then? Wait, hold on. You're not the judge. I'm not the judge. All right. But you just spit that answer out so fast. What do you think, Eric? I believe, I, I believe that's correct. That's right. What do I win? Now, what, look, what that, win? that answer from the judge was spoken like a true attorney. Yeah, I think right? that's correct. As, as far as I can recall, right? <laughs> that's, that's okay. Right. Okay, so the next one I have is pro se, Jason. I heard do you. Want me, do you want me to use it in a sentence? Please use it in a sentence. And then I need some clarification if that's correct pronunciation. Okay, so and then I need you to spell it. Okay, so in the origin, the defendant appeared pro se. Okay, so it's Latin, uh -huh. and it's two words. It's P R O mm -hmm. space S E pro se. Okay, I think that means the 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 defendant appeared pro se. Is that what you said? Yes, yes. I think that means showed up in a three piece suit. <laughs> Is that correct, Eric, or not? I think that's right. It's close. Thank you. Close. Okay, can I get, I get it closer? <laughs> I have seen defendants pro se show up in a three-piece suit. Oh, man. <laughs> Do not stretch missed, the truth. <laughs> I, missed, I missed part of it. So wait, so it wasn't correct, but it wasn't wrong. <laughs> hmm. I think technically I would have to hit the buzzer on that one. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go with the red buzzer. That buzzer. That's <laughs> right. It means, it means you're representing yourself. Oh, in a three-piece no lawyer, suit, right? Huh? I thought it meant representing yourself in a three-piece. I thought that was a given representing yourself. I was just adding the three-piece suit. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, I have one more. And I'm this one sure is... going to get this one then. Yeah. Okay, so this one is habeas corpus. Oh, you know, I should know that because I've heard that a hundred times. I know. You need a, a sentence. A sentence. Okay, so yeah. the sentence is, they are filing a writ of habeas corpus, so we'd better be prepared. I uh, don't know. Okay, they're filing a writ. I, I don't know what that means either. Um, <laughs> so this is going to be really hard. Uh, let me think here. Let me think here. Let me think here. That means a writ of habeas corpus. They're doing something illegal to a dead person. Oh my goodness! No, I don't think death is necessarily involved. It could be. Oh, I just, I, you know, I'm just looking at corpus. I have no idea. Right? Oh, that would be corpus. I guess. Okay, yes. sorry. Okay, well, Cor whatever. Corpus just means a body, I think. Ah, okay. All right. I guess I got so, that one right. So I was two for three then, right? Right. What, Eric? So what are we going to say for what is the actual habeas corpus? I don't think I've ever filed a writ of habeas corpus. It, uh -huh. I know I've never filed. It's not even, I don't recall. I know I've never filed a habeas <laughs> corpus. Um, but it's one of those things where usually someone's under arrest and you want to be brought before a judge or a court. Oh, so you're demanding that they bring you in front of the court. Yeah, you're seeking some sort of relief before a judge or a court. Okay. I just know like I, on... By the way, I still don't understand, but okay, that's fine. You're demanding that they do their what they're supposed to do, right? Right. So they're supposed so to bring you before the court. I don't so even like know if you're, that one would come into Like if you're, if you're in jail, if you're in jail and you want them to revisit whether or not you're in jail legally, you can file a writ of habeas corpus. And if it's granted, then, then they have to bring you before the court to determine if you're legally being detained. Okay, whatever. Listen, I like my answer a whole lot better. But anyway. <laughs> I like yours too. <laughs> Something to do with a dead body. Yes. <laughs> well, it could be that. It could be, you better bring me before that court or we're going to have a dead body to step that, over. That, listen, that's how I would do it. 
Okay. All right. So, so that was a little bit of fun with uh, legal Latin. Thank you very much for serving as our judge, Eric. Um, oh, you're welcome. Is there, is, <laughs> yeah. Is there Pretty hard to term, judge those answers. <laughs> is there any term that you think we should know? Any legal term that everyone should know walking around that people frequently don't? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, Jason was referring earlier to a buttload of children. I would not put that in a legal brief. <laughs> buttload of children. So, so what he's saying is, I don't have anything for you. you should know, but here's what you shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't do, <know>. Jen. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's right. That's right. I mean, I'm not saying anything, but you might live in a shoe. Okay. Yeah. So this has been wonderful. So the FFCRA and paid sick leave due to impact of coronavirus for one of those six reasons you listed, and then the expanded FMLA, which will be paid, those things contained in the FFCRA apply to employers with less than 500 employees. Correct. Okay. So good things is, to know. Yeah. Which is and almost all, all, of, all, all of our audience, right? And very few of them are going to be employed was, in a giant corporation. So. Wasn't there a minimum? There was a minimum. Was it less? You had to have more than 50, but less than 500 or more than 25 or something? No, it's less than 500 will do it. Oh, Although wow. There's, you know, there's one other thing I guess I, sh- I should point out for your audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something I hadn't thought of until right now. There is an exception mm-hmm. in the rule for healthcare providers. Now, I don't know that healthcare providers could be read so broadly to include the provision of healthcare to animals. And I'm actually, as my head popped up, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm staring at, at you, Jen and Jason, my head popped up to my other monitor to see yes. if uh, there's anything specific in here in the mm-hmm. exception for veterinary, veterinary medicine. Well, I don't see it. And I'd be surprised if it's in there. But if, if someone works for a company that develops drugs that could be yeah. used on both humans and yep. animals, then those folks might be exempted, huh? Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, what's interesting about that is that some states are including, uh, they include veterinarians for the purposes of some licenses required and permits to practice. They include them in their definition of healthcare practitioners. Interesting. I mean, right. the law talks about any doctor's office, healthcare center. I mean, clinic. Yeah. Mm, well, I, I mean, guess the moral the moral of the story is if you have a question, just and your lawyer doesn't doesn't agree, just get a, a better get lawyer. a new go, lawyer. Go get a little new lawyer that can argue the other side. Yeah. If there's any kind of question, right, I'm still gonna argue for you. Because a very yeah. good a very uh, good friend of mine, he's an attorney, Brian Reynolds. Shout out Brian if you're listening, because I'm gonna send you the link to this. He gave me the definition of of the law one time, and he said that which can be clearly stated and vigorously defended. <laughs> <laughs> clearly stated, I, I, huh? Again, I just fall back on it depends. That's yeah. <laughs> a good standby that any lawyer should have. Yeah. That's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us here in the Candyverse and helping us protect ourselves as employees, helping us help our employees by understanding the rules as employers, and overall just making us sound smarter when we talk about these topics at parties. We appreciate that, Eric. Jen. Jason, thank you so much for having me. Can I can I give a quick plug for some free resources for your oh, listeners? Hundred percent. It depends. We love right. free resources. It, it depends. Freebies. So <laughs> I I have an employment law blog. So if, if which has been focused mostly on COVID nineteen coronavirus over the past couple of weeks, and I've talked yes. about a lot of the stuff or written about mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that we've talked about during this podcast. So if anyone wants to go to the employer handbook.com, all one word, theemployerhandbook.com. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can read up on a lot of the stuff we've talked about today. And we'll put that Excellent. link in the episode notes as well. And, I, and I'll give a personal testimonial, uh, like support for the blog. It's incredible. And it's written so that people who don't know what habeas corpus pro se or nolo contendere, you don't even have to know what those words mean. And you can understand that blog. I got, <laughs> let's you. reiterate, I got one of them correct. I don't know why you got to pretend like I missed all three. <laughs> Duly noted. Duly noted. I love Thank it. You. Duly noted. The, let the record reflect. I'm an, I'm an all-star for playing baseball. That's all I'm That's saying. That's right. That's right. But we're not right now because of COVID. That's so right. there you go. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. And uh, one more thing, if you want to reach me, I'm at Jen at MyVetCandy.com. Yeah, or more likely, Jason at MyVetCandy.com if you really want some good information. That's right. And we hope to find you also on our new show that just launched. It's called Vet Candy Pop. And it's uh, Dr. Jason and myself and that sometimes interloper of our podcast, Dr. Courtney Campbell, talking about all kinds of topics that uh, impact the world at large. So you can find us on Vet Candy Pop on our YouTube channel, or you can find us at myvetcandy.com. And we'll catch you next time on In Other News. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.